Today I'm going to read you another story by O. Henry, the American writer from the end of the 19th century and beginning of the 20th century. He wrote a lot of short stories, and the story that I'm going to read to you today is called The Detectives. I've completely rewritten this story to a B1 level. So, all my A2 students working towards B1 should get something from this story, and B1 students, you should be able to understand all of it, I hope. So, it's a lovely story, and I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber, and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels. For transcripts, please go to practicingenglish.com. In a big city like New York, a person may disappear suddenly. And completely like a candle that has been blown out. The city's detectives will be contacted and involved in the search. Usually, nobody will see that person's face again. Sometimes they will appear with a new name, a person who cannot remember any events of their past life. Except for the food items on a shopping list. Occasionally, after searching the bottom of the rivers, the person will be found in a restaurant waiting for a meal of steak and chips. Or perhaps they have just moved next door. When a person disappears and nobody can find them, it can make a very interesting story. A story of this kind involved the search for Mrs. Mary Snyder. A middle aged man called Mr. Meeks had recently earned a lot of money in business, and he wanted to share some of that money with his sister, Mary, who lived in New York. She was a widow and 52 years old. She had little money and lived in a poor area of the city. When she could find employment, she worked as a cleaner. However, when Mr. Meeks came to New York, he went to the address he thought she lived at, but the neighbors told him that perhaps she had moved away, although nobody knew where. Nobody had seen Mary for three months. However, a neighbor who had a key to the door showed Mr. Meeks around Mary's flat. All Mary's things were still there. Mr. Meeks considered putting an advertisement in the newspapers to find Mary, 
But then he remembered his sister couldn't read or write. Mr. Meeks found the local policeman and explained his problem to him. I, I would really like to find her, he said. I know she doesn't have much money and she may need help. The policeman thought for a while and pulled at his beard. He seemed to know something, so Mr. Meeks felt quite excited. What can you tell me? said Mr. Meeks, smiling happily. Well, said the policeman, you could go down to the harbour where the fishing boats come in. A lot of middle-aged women buy their fish for lunch at the harbour. You could try there. Mr. Meeks' face stopped smiling, and he looked very disappointed. He thought that was a stupid idea. There must be over three million people in New York, he answered. Why should she be buying fish at the harbour? Perhaps she's buying potatoes at a farm or buying bread at the baker's. It's clear you don't know New York, continued the policeman. Well, in that case, why don't you go down to the police station and ask there? Mr. Meeks went straight to the police station and explained his problem to them. They were very helpful. Mr. Meeks had a photograph of his sister and the police made copies and gave them out to the different police stations in New York. The detective in charge of the case was Detective Mullins. Mullins was quite a small man of about 40. He was almost bald, and the little hair that he had was grey and not combed. He had small brown eyes and a large nose. His shirt, open at the front, was not clean, Mr. Meek noticed, and his trousers were too short, and his shoes were dirty. I don't think this case will be too difficult to solve, said the detective. Put on a tie and a dozen cigars in your pocket, and meet me at the cafe in the Waldorf Hotel at exactly three o'clock. Mr. Meeks, now feeling hopeful of finding his sister soon, met Detective Mullins at the Waldorf. The detective told Mr. Meeks that, first of all, he should buy a bottle of wine. Mr. Meeks bought a bottle, and the detective sat at the table opposite Mr. Meeks drinking the wine smoking one of Mr. Meek's cigars and looking serious. As I see it, there are two things we can try, said Mullins. Did you say your sister was not a rich woman? That's absolutely right, answered Mr. Meeks. She is really quite poor and needs money. Hmm... Just as I thought, replied the detective. This is what we'll do, and it won't cost you very much. We'll put an advertisement in the newspapers saying 
A company is looking for secretaries. Then we'll just need to search through the names of the women who apply, and bingo, we found her. Mr. Meeks couldn't believe what he had just heard. But why should my sister apply for a secretary job? Anyway, she can't even read. I see," said Mullins. "So you're not interested in my plan A? It's clear you don't know New York. Never mind. We'll just have to choose Plan B. But I warn you, it will cost you more. Never mind about how much it costs," said Mr. Meeks. "We'll try it. But please, I hope Plan B is a better idea than Plan A." The detective smiled and touched the side of his nose with his finger. Trust me, Mister Meeks, I know my job. Now, this is what you're going to do. You must rent an apartment on Fifth Avenue. Then order some bottles of whiskey. When you've done that, come and let me know at the station. Oh. And don't forget the cigars. Mister Meeks was a little confused, but he did what the detective asked. He then invited Mullins to the apartment. The detective looked around. Very nice, very nice, he said. Then he sat down in a luxury armchair and began to smoke another of Mister Meeks's cigars. And drink his whiskey. Did you rent this by the month? He asked. By the month? Of course not," replied Mister Meeks. "I've just rented it for a few days." "That's a shame," said Mullins. "It would be cheaper if you rented it by the month. You see, my plan B is to wait here." Until next year's New York's address directory is published, then maybe your sister's new address will be included. Mister Meeks told Mullins to get out immediately. I warned you it would cost you more," said the detective as he left the apartment with some of Mister Meeks' cigars in his pocket and a bottle of whiskey in his hand. The next day, somebody advised Mister Meeks to visit a private detective. His name was Shamrock Jones. He was known for solving the most complicated and difficult crimes and mysteries, and also for charging the highest fees in the city. Mister Meeks was shown into Shamrock Jones' apartment. The private detective was sitting. In a comfortable armchair, dressed in a silk dressing gown and smoking a pipe, next to him was a small table with a violin and some sheets of music lying on it. He was a tall, thin man with bright green eyes and a clever face. Mister Meeks explained what he wanted the detective to do. My fee, if I am successful. Will be five hundred dollars," he said. "I accept," said Mister Meeks. 
The case of missing people has always been a favorite mystery of mine, continued Shamrock Jones, standing up and taking his pipe out of his mouth. My last case was particularly interesting, and he walked around the room as he spoke. A family of the surname Clark, that is C-L-A-R-K, completely disappeared one day from their Soho flat. I watched the building for over two months in order to search for signs of unusual activity. One day, I noticed the milkman always walked backwards with the bottles of milk when he visited a particular flat in that building. But he always walked forwards when he went to the other flats. I then found out that the Clark family had moved to the other side of the same building, the same flat where the milkman always walked backwards. The Clark family had changed their surname to Krulk, spelt K-R-A-L-K. Oh no, thought Mr. Meeks. Here we go again. Shamrock Jones insisted on visiting Mrs. Snyder's flat, so Mr. Meeks took him there immediately. Everything in the flat seemed to be in its place. The great detective immediately began to look for something to help him solve the mystery. At last he found a small piece of paper with something written on it. Then he found another piece of paper, very close to the first. He sat down in the old broken armchair and lit his pipe. He thought for about ten minutes and then stood up, turned to Mr. Meeks and said, You don't need to worry, my good man. I have found your sister, and not only that, but she is very well and happy. What? said Mr. Meeks, extremely surprised. How can you possibly know that? Shamrock Jones gave Mr. Meeks a confident smile. Elementary, my dear Mr. Meeks. You said your sister was a cleaner, didn't you? That is correct, answered Mr. Meeks, not sharing the detective's confidence. Well, one day your sister was cleaning in a theatre. As everybody knows, many people lose valuable objects in theatres because it's dark and we cannot see things we drop onto the floor. We've all done it, haven't we? Well, one day Mrs. Snyder found a valuable ring under the seats while she was cleaning. She picked it up and didn't know where to hide it, so she found an old theatre programme on the floor. She tore off a piece and wrapped the ring in it. The detective then handed the piece of paper to Mr. Meeks. What do you see there? he asked. Mr. Meeks looked carefully. Okay, I can see a round mark like somebody wrapped something in it. Exactly, said the detective. That was the ring. 
Now look at this other piece of paper. What do you see there? Mr. Meeks took the second piece of paper from the detective. Again, the paper was torn, but there was a number, 12, then a letter, C, then the word left, L-E-F-T, and another letter, A. What does it mean? Mr. Meeks asked. It means your sister has left this house for a house somewhere else, answered Shamrock Jones with great confidence. Where has she gone? you ask. Well, I know that there are some very nice flats at number 12 Avenue C. When your sister found that ring, she sold it for a good price, and with the money she went to live in Avenue C, because she wanted to improve her way of life. But, but, Mr. Meeks started to say. However, the detective interrupted. It's clear you don't know New York. We'll go there now and find your sister. Mr. Meeks did not want to argue, so they both left. When they got to number 12 Avenue C, nobody knew of anybody called Mary Snyder. In fact, nobody had moved into those flats during the past year. Mr. Jones, said Mr. Meeks, although I agree that this piece of paper came from a theatre, don't you think that something else round was wrapped in it? What about a round suite, for example? And this other piece of paper from a theatre? I know it's torn, but it might have been a theatre ticket. Seat 12, row C, left aisle. Mr. Meeks left Shamrock Jones, thinking and smoking his pipe in Avenue C. He walked back to his sister's apartment, feeling convinced now that he would never see his sister ever again. But as he arrived, he noticed the door to his sister's flat was open. Then she came out, with her arms open wide. Stephen, I've just come back, and a neighbour told me you were looking for me. How lovely to see you again after all these years. Mr. Meeks couldn't believe it. They both hugged each other. But where have you been, Mary? he asked. I employed detectives to find you, but they were all so stupid. Well, I, I had a bit of luck, answered Mary. One day I, I was cleaning in a theatre, and I found a gold ring on the floor. I handed it to the police, but nobody came for it, so they gave it back to me and said I could keep it. I sold it for quite a lot of money. You know, I know I'm not young anymore, but I want to improve my life. I've been learning how to read and write. I'm studying at a school the other side of the city, 
So I've been staying with a friend. You know, Stephen, I'm learning to read and write so quickly. I think soon I'll be able to find a job as a secretary. Come on, come in, Stephen. And she took his arm. I'll make us some dinner. I bought some delicious fish down at the harbour this morning. And that's the end of the story. Goodbye for now. Thank、you